Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Justine Brubelard, Serena Dixon, and Allison Weaver. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. On this week's episode, We'll be critiquing Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Episode 4. As our show will feature a lot of critiques, we also want to ensure that we provide possible solutions or suggestions for how different improvements could have been made and praise things that went well. We aim to be balanced and thorough. Check out our Patreon for exclusive subscriber benefits and merch if you like what you hear. Our link is available in our show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our discussion. As our show will feature a lot of critiques, we also want to ensure that we provide possible solutions or suggestions for how different improvements could have been made and praise things that went well. We aim to be balanced and thorough. Check out our Patreon for exclusive subscriber benefits and merch if you like what you hear. Our link is available in our show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our discussion. So for this episode, it was another Wayne Yip episode which as you have heard in our previous episode of this podcast, we are not always a fan of his style. So I will preface this conversation to all of our listeners by saying that a lot of things that we're going to say today are going to be a matter of design choice and also personal choices, personal preferences. I wanted to, as far as the editing and camera side of things, which we'll start off with as usual, I wanted to just begin with that um, sequence in the beginning with Queen Muriel Mm -hmm. and the babies, and where it seems to be that she was having a dream sequence about the fall of Numenor and that particular thing. So the white tree uh, leaves are falling And as soon as you see the white tree leaves falling, then we suddenly have some kind of massive event, completely like a tsunami destroying Numenor. So, of course, as we know from the book, Numenor went underwater for sure. And so this looks like a tsunami, kind of like a foreshadowing of that Mm -hmm. kind of event. Anyway, so for this, for this first part, I could kind of understand why they wanted to do a kind of foreshadowing of the fall of Numenor, but I kind of felt like it was mis- not really placed in a way that made sense. Like <clears throat> to me, they started off with this kind of dream sequence that she's having after their like recap of the previous episodes. And I'm not sure if I would have put it later. Also the visual of it, was I mean it was good like to see the whole place crush down and have some kind of tsunami effect but I'm not sure if I completely if I completely followed the why behind the wherefore kind of thing for that Mm -hmm. particular visual um I'll mention another moment of the editing more like the shooting one thing I liked was when Farazone went through the marketplace kind of thing with his son, they're kind of walking through. You could kind of see the mm-hmm. the Mediterranean market vibe. I thought that was nice to see that the way that Side they filmed things. that kind of like it felt more like down to earthy 
That was mm-hmm. cool because Numenor, the way they set it up, is actually pretty pretty involved in a complete city. So that was nice to be able to go into that part of their city vibe. Then we have... Uh, yeah. I liked that. I'll just mention one other thing that I liked because then we can talk about Farazone's speech and all kinds of other things. Another thing I'm just kind of going frame by frame here for my reference is I did like when they were on the actual boat with the training thing. I think that mm-hmm. was that was still filmed in studio because of the background. You can tell some of it mm-hmm. was at least filmed in studio, but mm-hmm. at least the boat was in a tank or something. And so that was cool. It didn't look completely stagnant the way that they shot it. And let me see. What was another thing that was interesting? Oh, so Adar uh, in the little camping camp out place. That scene, that that set design makes for some nice places to shoot at. But unfortunately, I felt that certain parts were pretty dark. Like, not dark mm-hmm. as in, like, metaphorically dark. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah you mean the no, lighting? Like, Do you mean, like, mm-hmm. visually dark? Exactly. And so, yeah. So, like, visually dark. Not, not necessarily relating to contentually dark. So, I felt like so were some of the actors we couldn't see them well i will say jumping back to the editing of the fall of numenor dream in the beginning the one thing i did appreciate about that was kind of the choice to juxtapose the fall of numenor with kind of like the christening of new children where we're like we're celebrating future generations I, really I agree with you on that, but like I just wasn't sure how I felt about it being right at the beginning. That's mm-hmm. why because it doesn't tie in until like the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I feel that, but at the same time, with that, like some some of the things we talked about last episode, like I felt like I kind of appreciated that because I felt cool. like it was Talk more dreamlike it. then, where it's like you have a dream. And then you kind of forget about it. It happens. It's oh, like so you wanna is... you thought they were doing one of those dreams that you forget and you remember later? I see now. No, 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 not necessarily. I'm just like in my real life when I have a dream, even if it's a recurring dream, like I'll remember it, but it's like it happened and then I go about my day. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I felt like that's kind of how we were starting the episode is is the dream happened and then we went about our day. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that was like like you mentioned, it was like a, de- a design or direction choice that they made, and I I didn't necessarily appreciate it a ton. I didn't necessarily unappreciate it. I just kind of appreciate it for what it is. No, I get it. I, at first, I was like not sure why it was happening right away. I think it just that was just a weird thing for me. I think the idea behind that that was okay for sure mm-hmm. like the, the way that they portrayed this young and the young growth of what could be and then the destruction i don't know it was very attention grabbing for me i was like wait that's a real like sudden flip and i was like i'm assuming that's a dream or a premonition because that wave is a little too well and by a little i mean a lot unrealistic <laughs> um 
is a very um, end of the world kind of natural event. Um, I didn't have, as far as like editing and anything like that, I I don't have anything for that sequence. I thought it was pretty fine. I did pay more attention to the intro this time. Mm, okay. I, I, I noticed some things and I made notes. All right, talk about things. it. As far as I know, last time we were talking about the imagery that they were using with the sand, um, mm-hmm. some of it I didn't recognize. Some of it looked very rune like. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also notice they have the two trees. trees. I, mm-hmm. We might have mentioned, I think we mentioned that last time, the two trees. It, there was that like Trinity looking symbol. It was very Elvish looking, uh, very reminiscent of like Celtic, a Celtic Trinity. I don't know what it's called. It looked very familiar. The Celtic knot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, there was, and I was, I did listen to the intro song, which did invoke some, for me, it invoked some Lord of the Rings elements mm-hmm, in it. Some vibes. Overall, it's still too similar to Game of Thrones as a whole, but there was some significance to the imagery they used. It just mm-hmm. could have been... Mm-hmm. I would have preferred they had used actual imagery, like a picture mm-hmm. of the two trees, or, you know, elements from the story itself and not a drawing aspect. I felt with the intro as within other things we've talked about it was it was okay but not enough its own to have its own character and power in itself Mm. it was very much invoking other thoughts and reminiscence of other things yeah Mm -hmm. that's what we said before too but was there anything Mm -hmm. that like really hit you about it Besides the what you just mentioned, like was that you feel it worked for you, or it's nothing special as an intro. It's not very memorable. It's not. It doesn't pull you in. Yeah, my opinion on that side of things hasn't changed. But I at least understood a little bit of the imagery that they used. I think they would have done a. It would have been a stronger intro if they'd used something more tangible not just sand maybe they were trying to go for like a sands of time kind of Mm -hmm. motif but it's it's too out there to really grasp yeah and i don't think the show itself goes into the amount of time elapsed before or after Mm -hmm. anything like that to like really pull in the sands of time yeah, in in the uh, books. So the unless you way. read the Silmarillion, but even the books, I mean, well, not the books do explain the the to some extent the the amount of time that's passed. All of the movies, you have no concept of time. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's been a few weeks or a few days, and it's really been, you know, come yeah. You know, the the time frame in the movies is way different than the time frame in the books. So, but even if they are going with the sands of time kind of motif, it doesn't really, it doesn't match Lord of the Rings as a whole because the time that's passed isn't a main focus. Mm -hmm. 
It never, it never, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, I've never grasped it as, you know, the, the time frame is being important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like we had chatted before, like, I feel like if they were going for a sands of time motif, I would have loved to see like a breaking of like the breaking of an hourglass at the beginning where like the, that shatters. And then you could even have the effect of like shattered pieces of tiny shattered glass and sand and like. Mm -hmm. That would work for something like the Sandman. Mm. Oh, I think it's just called Sandman, but that at least would make sense because he's the Sandman. It would even work. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It would even work for something like if we were traversing the the sands of time more, like flipping back and forth throughout oh, the thousand years that Yeah. And if they know, were especially if they were going more into why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm, we don't mm -hmm. we don't get to see a prologue. I mean, there is a prologue, but it's not it doesn't explain it doesn't explain it well enough right like it feels comparing confusing it so like about how much time is going by or and the cost mm -hmm. the thing is like the costume choices are the same no matter where we are in time yeah so i mm -hmm. think that's that's something that confuses me visually as well yeah i do have actual editing comments sure, i sure. just want to let you know that it's the one that really stood out to me that I'm thinking of right off the bat is when we meet back up with um, Arondir, they very noticeably reused shots from episode Right, three. right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, talk about lazy. Hey, um, <laughs> you know, you yeah. wait a couple episodes, use the same, back-to-back -back episodes, use the same scenes. Um, I did not, that... That was so obvious to me. I couldn't ignore it. I was like, I have to um, make note of that. Uh, what else did I write down? Yeah, it also doesn't pick up where episode three left with him either. It right. jumps to the part and it's like, wait, a, what? <laughs> How'd mm -hmm. we get here? Yeah, it reuses the scenes. Uh, I also noticed with the when we're back with Isildur on the ship, it was also very, I don't know if it was the exact same scene that they used, but it was the pretty much the same thing that happened. You know, he let go of the rope and his friend had to go grab it and they got in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are we doubling up on stuff? Mm. Uh, mm. As, oh, <laughs> I had a real big problem with that chase scene. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. It was all slow mo. Why would you do that? Just there wasn't even much time for us to have an emphasis, right? Because just all like, ooh, I felt like I was in the, yeah, the like, whole. The whole thing was done in slow mo. Mm -hmm. No, that it doesn't invoke any sense of urgency or danger. It's just like everything's in slow mo, except for the words, which was weird. Yeah, like, it was. The dialogue was not slowed down. It was normal. And I'm like, this is so not a good design, not a good choice on camera work or editing or what. 
whatever categories yeah. you want to put that in. <laughs> it's just there. It felt honestly, it was very amateur. together and not like synced. Yeah, it felt very amateur. Mm. Uh, like thinking of Harry Potter Deathly Hallows 1, there's a chase scene with the Snatchers. They use slow-mo in that um, or sped up. They they changed the camera style and it worked really well. My other favorite one where they introduced slow motion with a chase, especially through woods, which is mm. what they did. Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows by Guy Ritchie. I really like how it mixes real time with slow motion to invoke a sense of like danger because you have like uh, wood fragments and bullet bullets whizzing by and they'd like use that to show the dramatic nature of it you know when you're being chased and they could have done that with they could have done the same thing with the arrows but instead we got some weird arrow grab in slow mo in slow motion but it wasn't actually it was like regular speed that would have been cooler if he's gonna it would have been a lot cooler but they they it wasn't even actually, thinking back on it, it wasn't actually real slow-mo. It was like, guys, just go slower. Like, that, the arrow catch, if you try to do an arrow catch in real time, it's really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But it was like, he just like, oh, there's the arrow. Let me just conveniently close my hand right at the right time. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> he's just um, that impressive guys come on but he is impressive like in real life i mean if we would put this into regular speed i think he could have caught the arrow in normal speed but yeah um as a i'm just trying to look real quick make sure i didn't miss any of my my editing notes um because they're kind of all over the place i just like i said i made my notes via sequence oh this was weird. At the end of the, with Isildur and his two friends when they're in that like back alley arguing, mm-hmm. it was really strange to me how the one guy was like, uh, "Where's the, where's the um, chamber bot? Like he's right up, he's really close to puking, and then it's all of a sudden he's up and fine and bringing up their fight. Being personally being in that situation where you feel like you're about to let, you're not just gonna be spry and. <laughs> Like, you're still going to feel like crap. So to go from, I'm going to puke, to, oh, I'm fine, nothing happened, stood out. That stood out to me. That didn't seem very realistic. Makes sense. Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that the way that you did. But, yeah, that does make sense. I'll just mention one more thing about visually... Just one more thing. This, I think you covered a lot of it really well. Thank you, Serena. Um, You're welcome. The one thing that I think, so, you know, the Southland stuff, since mm-hmm. a lot of it is either outside or in, like, quiet place, orc place, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me as much. Of course, I still have the same feelings about Casa Doom that I had before. Sometimes okay, sometimes really not okay. But Numenor, especially when like Galadriel's on timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like, that. I like, I like that. 
That's what I'm calling it. Glad you went on timeout. You need to chill. <laughs> no, they're like, chill her out a minute, okay? When Gladio went to timeout, I was just like, okay, not stop. That's like how she got away, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, visually, nah, nah, nah. And then we have Romeo and Juliet starting up. Aaron, Aaron and Kemen. And then where was it at? Oh, so how did you guys feel about the, where was this? Oh, when Celebrimbor was with the building project and Elrond, mm. how was that visually to you guys? I wanted to ask about that. I wanted to see more of the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's I think I the first line that Elrond says is, oh, isn't it like a beautiful sight or something? Elves and dwarves working side by side. I'm like, I don't know. And all I you can't really see saw it. is you didn't show me. Yeah, <laughs> you right? just see some scaffolding. Around like the some structure. <laughs> you don't see the dwarves and the elves actually working together or right. like what your schematics or anything. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, Justine. No, no. No, you're good. That's just how I felt. Like, I just, I really wanted to see that. And as, like, to not, what I felt was disappointing. So I hope that we see more of that. Elrond yeah, still, cool. I just, I mentioned it before. Say it not again. Not sure if it made the cut, but I just don't like him. I I know some people in this room do but nope I just can't (laughs) I can't do it he doesn't look enough like Elrond like if you from a casting perspective and I, I know we might be jumping around but from a casting perspective you already have the established actors as these characters why wouldn't you try to cast somebody that looks similar enough to be mm. believe he's not believable enough visually for me uh as Elrond for me fair so you would um, like to have more mm. of a similarity between the previous a resemblance yeah he doesn't resemble Hugo Weaving as Elrond as much as I would have expected as much as I pictured I pictured a younger Hugo Weaving's Elrond when we were you know reading about a younger Elrond in this in the book I mean, granted, that's because we have the movies to give us mm-hmm. a visual versus making up your own in your head. But because this is a visual medium and they're tying into, they're calling it the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Right. They should have just called it something mm-hmm. else. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, so, yeah, I would have, uh, I mean, um, the the actress that plays Galadriel, she she fits for me visually mm-hmm. but um the actor for Elrond doesn't doesn't match enough while I like his portrayal it just they miss the mark on the, the casting resemblance for him mm-hmm. so the uh let's go to the next slot if you guys are ready to sound. Um, I do have a quick note. I know Go you ahead, were going to yeah. say something about the mob oh, scene, yeah. Allison, and I also had a note about, about that. Sorry, come again. The mob scene, I think. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have something to say about that. Yeah, I forgot. So you can go first and I'll play off of that. 
Okay, let me try to put this into words. So, okay, so what's his name? The guy who plays, um, I can't remember his acting, his actual name. Forgive me, podcast dear listeners who actually pay attention to actors' names. But the one who plays Farazon, he had a very lovely speech, that's for sure. And Tristan. Tristan, yes. That's it. So Tristan had a nice speech and I feel like his delivery was nice. But then, I mean, the way they put the, did the camera work for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it felt like he was just talking to a few people, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that he really wasn't that popular. And then all this stuff happens. And then it's like, wait but you weren't really it doesn't look like you were paying like uh actually reaching a lot of people even though tech like we're supposed to believe that he was right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the way they did that camera work I was kind of confused and then that's I have the same note and then the editing so obviously it's outdoors whatever fine but why do we why do we keep going to random people okay like i get it that some of these characters we're going to supposed to remember right but like if you're going to mm-hmm. show like little uh face things like little faces times they should be memorable like something should be happening and i felt like sometimes the crowd seemed a little bit out of character i don't know maybe it was just mm-hmm. how the how the perspective was and then yeah there was a few times I found like extras were like out of character or like I think there was one time an extra like looked at the camera (laughs) I was like right yeah they broke the third wall (laughs) unless you're like intentionally doing it for a purpose anyway and so then um Aaron and Kemen meeting each other I was like what the heck and why would they be there and why would that be right now like Stop. Stop it. Just, just stop it. Yeah. Why and also, wouldn't she know who, she she know who he like... was? What? Wouldn't she know who he was? Wouldn't everyone know who he everyone was? Everyone should know who that guy is, unless she was living under a rock. Anyway. <laughs> he must maybe have she been. was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But like, okay, so like, I was like, all right, first of all, why do they all have wine glasses, like outside? I didn't Secondly, even notice that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Why do you have wine glasses outside? Why are you all holding plans outside? Unless it's like an outdoor party that you're holding. And in that case, wouldn't you invite more people? If you want to be like, well, powerful? I, I couldn't think- get the visual. So it started with a small group of people. Right, but why did they all have wine glasses? Like, did he just like dole out the wine like right then? Yeah. (laughs) But where did he get? (sighs) I don't know. He like at the end. That's just bad editing. You know, if it's if you just suddenly have, they just suddenly have wine glasses. That's that's where I. I was like, okay, if you're going to give them wine glasses, show us getting the thing, like, real quick, or, like, have them have, like, you know, the the wine cast somewhere, like, that he already planned it, but, like, mm-hmm. 
I, I just could I just what they find they suddenly have one glass. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. That's a, it happens so quickly. They yeah. they do show like serving girls coming from the side with like the wine glasses and stuff. Um, right, but like, but it's an outdoor party though. So like, is this mm-hmm. like, was this an outdoor party that was already planned? Like, that's the thing that doesn't make sense because at first it looks like he just comes in, right? So like, I get it if like it was a you know an actual party scene, a pre-planned party or event kind of thing, and they have the serving girls coming in. But where the heck do you get the serving people randomly? Just mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like with enough wine to feed to give all these people, unless you're yeah. near someone's house. So, like that's I guess that's kind of the thing. Where's the buildup? That's what I want to know about this. I agree. Like, and they it. had the perfect setup for it. He was in the market. If as he was leaving the market, it showed right. him like grabbing, Planning like it. yeah, you know, and being like, hey, you know come with me <laughs> and right. you see or like, them sit, off to the or like talking to the, the seller of the wine and being like hey listen I'm gonna need you to bring this many vats or whatever thing right this many mm-hmm. casks of wine or whatever just yeah to, which Sorry, scene are we talking about again that out I just had to <laughs> I'm confused about the wine I'm I I'm admittedly I'm lost about the wine bit because I thought we were talking about that initial market scene and then the like mob thing is that we're what we're talking about the very end I of don't the remember thing, there being like, wine. wine for everyone <laughs> I apparently he's essentially uh, like wine for everybody on me oh I do remember girls come out of nowhere and everybody has a wine glass yeah you I get it that he's trying to treat everyone but still yeah, I no. that. okay. I, I watched that part like, twice. Very similar to you, Allison. I felt I like the mean, mob scene, it was all wide shots and extreme wide shots where mm-hmm. it was like, and then the close ups were all like people we know, like the trouble starting Broski right, and right. and or however you say her name, Yerian? Yerian, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, Yerian, uh, but I'd, I'd have to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, uh, don't quote us on pronunciation, people. Yeah. We're terrible at it, we know. <laughs> but yeah, it's all close-ups on like people we know or have already seen. And yeah, a lot of the close-ups, they look kind of like lost or like they're trying to figure out what's mm. going on. And which admittedly, it's a it's it's a mob scene. Things are going to be chaotic. They probably are trying to keep up with what's going on. But mm. I felt like we didn't get into the scene at all because we didn't have like all scenes of the actual mob and actual feelings of what's going on were wide shots. Mm-hmm. So like we couldn't capture any of those feelings, any of those like important ticks or mm-hmm. emotions that folks are having. It was right. all like, it, and it felt like very much like surface level and like kind of like s- skipping a stone. <laughs> like we're just skipping stones over the surface of this like whole scene here. And we're not actually like delving into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's that was I think the biggest thing and like having things happening so without enough time for me to register sometimes to build up that's mm-hmm. why it's getting confused I love Fairzone's 
talking to them. That was grand. He's he was really he really practiced that. That was nice, but I don't know. I agree. That was well done. Yeah, he's great. Tristan Gavell. That's his full name, Tristan Gavell. He's good actor. And yeah, it did feel like the wine came out of nowhere because like there's one, I just pulled it up. It's like there's a it literally goes the the shot where people were are bringing the wine glasses out and in the very next cut like it's like people bring wine glasses out cut to everyone has, has a wine, wine glass right. in their hand mm. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't many some... servers either <clears throat> i do have yeah. other comments about that please I didn't really know how to word it, but the when they were initially walking through the mar- that lane in the market, the lighting was, I don't know, something was strange to me about the lighting. Like, right. It reminded me of a market in uh, like Israel or in Palestine, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not always as a little bright. Bit, yeah. Which, just jumping off that comment real quick before I lose that thought, I've noticed that Numenor doesn't seem to have a set how do i put this uh, <laughs> oh i okay yeah keep going so uh, as far as like culture mm. that's what that's what i'm trying to say the culture is very uh like i was looking at the backgrounds set when when that that beat up looking guy was speaking and it was the buildings and the the architecture looked very greek or roman but then the market mm. like you said looked very you know middle eastern mm-hmm. and then i just also noticed there's elements elsewhere in the show where it's like it's pulling from different cultures and it's not sticking it wasn't consistent it's very inconsistent and this is across even just numenor or you know my other comment about the, some of the music had a very middle eastern vibe to it for me um, and that was with the dwarves specifically. And I'm like, but that's not, it's just all over the place. <laughs> mm. I get it that yeah, they're the trying lighting. to be cross-cultural, but it just doesn't. But they're not, my issue is that they're not taking one culture and assigning it to one group mm. like they normally would be. They're, mm. it's, you know, I'm just thinking of, just to compare something that popped in my head, Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon that Nickelodeon did in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, each tribe, whether mm-hmm. or nation, fire nation, uh, earth nation, water nation, air nation, the each one is influenced, you know, as far as the creation of it, each nation is influenced by a specific, um, you know, a group in Asia, Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. uh, for example, like the Fire Nation is is modeled after Japan, mm-hmm. and the the Air Nation is modeled after like the Tibetan monks and stuff like that. Um, whereas the coming back to Rings of Power, it's it makes a little bit of sense with like men because even you know in real life we pull things from all kinds of cultures mm-hmm. uh, as as the human race but when you when you mix that with dwarves you're mixing up their identity 
same with like the elves that they have a completely different identity they're a completely different race so it's just when we already have these established identities with both the books and the movies and the you know all the other media for for lord of the rings and you're mixing mm-hmm. in different sounds with that or different costumes or different architecture that's really conflicting with what's already been established mm. for these groups I think that's what I, the gist of what I'm getting at is, is they're pulling away from what's canon, just kind of mm-hmm. doing whatever, and it's bothering me. <laughs> well, they never said that it was going to be the same, right? It's a fan fiction. Yeah, but it's really bad fan fiction. <laughs> 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 it's really messy fan fiction. <laughs> it's all over the place. Maybe it reminds oh, you of an archive of our own. um what else was i gonna say but um as far as the sound goes i do have a comment on a couple comments on the sound for that that market mob scene so they after what's his name i don't know how to pronounce it um after he made a speech they started chanting his name then that whole chant got completely mixed up with all that background chatter. And then I couldn't understand a, a thing they were trying to be saying, like they were supposed to be saying. If they were all supposed to be saying Zone, like my subtitles said, they were saying, it didn't sound like it at all. <laughs> what did it sound like? <laughs> it, it just got, jun- it was like there was too much, like they didn't lower the background noise mm-hmm. on the sound mix. Mm-hmm. So, like, the background noise was foreground noise, and it's mixing with what's supposed to be this grand chant, and it doesn't sound like... It's like when you... If you're at, like, a sports game, and they're starting to chant, and the rest of the crowd drowns it out. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was like. I was like, mm. I saw that, too. You can't tell that you're saying his name anymore. It gets lost. And now I don't know how you're saying his name. Um, so that bothered me. <laughs> The other thing that bothered me was when the draft master or whatever called to um, Aaron. Uh, he he says, "Hey, Aaron," and I'm. But it's like it's so it's said too close together, so it just it's sounded like Aaron, and like it didn't sound like two words. So. I don't know. To me, without the subtitles, I would have just thought her name had an A at the beginning, like and and like uh, like a couple extra letters on the spelling. Like the, of the hey name. and Aaron. Yeah, I thought it together. was one word. Mm. Like listening to it, it sounds like one word because it's just said so fast. Hmm. Hmm. Does Wait. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I see how I don't remember that. I didn't remember that specifically, but I could see why you're saying that. Yeah, then there was a couple parts I ended up watching twice because uh, I was going to take notes on my phone or I was starting like I was getting ready to take notes and it had been about 10 minutes and I was like, wait, let me restart and actually do my notes. Those things specifically stood out to me. I did. I did like as far as going just jumping back to the lighting on the market scene real quick i did like the light coming through the the linen and whatever um it did seem to match up with me for me my issue was that 
It was really bright in some areas and it seemed too dark in others. Like when they were not in the light, I was like, I can't, I don't know, their they're clothes coloring, it's, it doesn't look as natural as it would have been, would have mm. seemed to be if I had been there in person. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, let's see, sound, sound, sound. Yeah, I think we had mentioned this. I'm just going to mention this again if we didn't. It feels like they had very different crews, uh, sound-wise, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. different locations. So in some cases, like Quiet Place at Work thing, I wasn't too annoyed with the sound except for like, you know, what we talked about earlier about background, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like, okay, whatever. And then when they're in the ships, well, obviously, where are the birds? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, close uh-huh, to shore. Uh-huh. We had talked about that before. Uh, I'm just scanning. Casa Doom. Oh, Lead to the Rocks. Thank you. Thank you, Sophia. That was lovely. The echo. Mm. The oh, this is the thing that so Lead to the Rocks, <laughs> Sophia Novete singing, and they made that cavern vibe with mm. around her. Tr- oh, thank you guys. Finally. Finally, <laughs> finally, tell us finally how you really feel. A doom, it sounded like <laughs> a cave, really. Cave. Like, not just like a boomy studio. You know, mm-hmm. when she was singing, whoever mixed that, I appreciate you. Appreciate from the heart. That was a saving grace in the sound for Casa Doom for me, period. Now, regarding the other parts of Casa Doom sound, I could really tell when they were changing between the stu- the sound studio and maybe maybe it felt like two different did it did it feel like that the room tone was really different between like their indoor shots right mm-hmm. when they're inside of the house which is still supposed mm-hmm. to be underground by the way and then when yeah. they're in the cat like in the cave or in the you know the, mm-hmm. the the town, right? Some of that, I mean, not the town, the city of Casado. Some of that was like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're trying to play with you know position of sound, how, versus, home versus mm-hmm. right. But at the same time, if you're at home under the ground, mm-hmm. it's still going to sound as very specific, a, a specific way. And if and if you have that ceiling, right. Mm-hmm. I feel there's going to be a certain amount of echo that you get anyway, just because yeah. you're underground and there's so much stone. And yeah, have you got that bouncy stone right, all a around bit you? Bouncy. Yeah, not not terrible bounce, but definitely needs to have some bounce. So I think for Cosmic Doom, sometimes it really worked, but other times it felt well, that's like that's why they have all those really those foam props around. It absorbs <laughs> that extra bounce. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem yes that is the problem it doesn't sound like a cavern if you talk in a cavern it's it's right echo. but i mean it it's echoes small, like crazy it's a smaller place so like i would say it would echo less but yeah it feels like there's a lot of sound absorption coming from that foam obviously and so <laughs> i i think that was that was like i really was like oh thank you when they did sophia's song and and when certain things were happening like the mithril, they found the mithril, whatever. 
But then I was like, oh, please. Oh, no. <laughs> and then and Numenor. now you ruined it. Oh. Numenor is just a mess. I don't know how to describe it, but maybe someone can put it into words. It's sonically Southlands. Yeah. Fine. Outside stuff, whatever. It's like not a big deal, but like it's the indoor work in this show that's hard to get it right. You know, it's hard to get mm-hmm. it right. And it's hard to, to, and a lot of it comes down to the design choices of people and how they were feeling that and day. Consistent and consistent ambient had enough time, But they don't have mm-hmm. consistent ambience mm-hmm. or room tone. For mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most I'm of done, mine, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I I don't have anything on specific sound elements like that. Um, but then again, I am watching it on a TV and not with headphones. Um, so I'm probably not catching this the room tones and the like those kinds of sounds. Um with my experience. So far watching the show, I've been focusing more on dialogue. Um, and well, that's fair. I've been focusing accents. on song because that's where my ear always <laughs> Um uh, And I did have quite a few comments for this episode. Yeah, talk about, about it. the dialogue, the accents, the... the, mm-hmm. the but delivery. Let's, can we, let's just wait a minute on that. Sure. The, the, because I want to get that to that at the towards the end when we're like going to tear apart because I have a lot of comments about story and I think we can add delivery mm-hmm. to that um so just table that for a minute until we get to the sure. <laughs> yeah. lighting and the past the props and set part so for lighting we kind of already started to talk about that and the reuse of scenes and of course the the way that it didn't complement certain skin tones in the Adar part. We already talked mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Even for Disa and Casa Doom, sometimes the lighting wasn't good for her face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that the 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 grips, uh, lighting grips didn't, or the LD, I mean, Gaffer probably didn't have as much uh, exposure working with such a diverse cast. It's what it looks like. Maybe they did. It's just <laughs> the way it was lit doesn't make me think that. Even some of the people that are lighter tones, it's not lighting them very well. And I see that mm-hmm. some of it is about design choices. I get it. And that's fine. But I just, again, consistency. I wish I could see more of that. And I also wish that the lighting, for example, in the Palantir thing, or Galadriel was in the Palantir mm-hmm. zone, right? Yeah. Okay, so I get what they're doing with the blue light thing. I get that. But then why? There's something that's a little off about it. Maybe you guys can put it into words. Right now I'm trying to like go back there. You're talking about like the day for night stuff? Yeah, 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 never, yeah, that. I never liked day for night filters it doesn't work (laughs) as far as for me as far as believability as soon as i see how blue it is i go nope (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's that's what i'm getting at i was just like okay i like the the scenery there and you know the the like little tower zone where they're in Mm -hmm. 
was fun. I mm-hmm. thank you. That was cool. Yeah, I like the set, but the, but the, the fake I nighttime. I can't. I cannot stand when shows use fake nighttime, especially when it's you can tell it's bright out. I love when they try to use day for night and you can see the sun shining. Right? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> There's literally a sunbeam right there. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but I can think of several movies uh, off the top of my head. Yes. <laughs> I think, I, for me, I think if you're going to portray nighttime and you have to shoot in the day, then for goodness sakes, block your windows. Block the at doors. Least, at least block Add the a windows. Dark room, block curtains. Like, give us something we can work with. I'm so, not as rigid on that as you guys are i'm like you know if it was a really full moon well i mean that's fair. that wouldn't be the light right though i've been outside Dude. in full moons. it's still not that bright the- full moons are good sometimes can really they can get really bright yeah yeah maybe where i live just sucks for that but <laughs> <laughs> like here the, the, the full moon can get really bright because they're really yeah. huge so i get what you're saying so it could be full moon but if it is a full moon effect, let's go out the window and see the full moon or something. Like, I'd like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, at least show us a full moon. We could be like, oh, it's a full moon night. Great time to sneak around. Good job. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what, the other thing that was confusing is, okay, let's just assume that they wanted to do full moon. Okay, fine. But why would you be sneaking around and sneaking around in a full moon? This is a good point. You wouldn't be if you were actually <laughs> smart. Well, I mean, you might be if, like, you didn't well, want to chill out in a jail good. cell another night. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking to get caught, sure, do it in a full moon. But if you're really well, trying to be sneaky, do it in a new moon. Well, of course, she went into timeout and came out of timeout. So whatever. Yeah. My Nobody time. likes to stay in timeout, guys. Come on. <laughs> she doesn't believe in timeout. She we didn't believe it. in it. Halbrand was more cooperative to his timeout. <laughs> he stayed there. <laughs> um. Anyway, any other things about lighting? We we've already covered a lot of the biggest problems with the lighting in previous episodes. So I don't want to recap everything that we said. But was there yeah. anything particularly that you liked? or whatever. Um, I like, I mean, I know we've had complaints about the Kazadoom lighting, but it does still give me a very cozy vibe. Yes, it is Even cozy. Even though they're yeah. surrounded by stone, it still looks comforting mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of all that orange and like flame Amber, light. Amber, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I do like, I, I do enjoy the scenes with the the dwarves um yes. i did notice we didn't have any uh harfoots this episode mm-hmm. we'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode this episode was produced by alma pictures and baker street join us next week for the next episode of our podcast thank you merci gracias gracias danke and have a great week